the word. We're in the middle of a series right now. Actually, we're coming to the end of it. Can't stop, won't stop. Look at your neighbor and say, can't stop, won't stop. All right? Not going to stop till the casket drops. Come on, somebody. Can't stop, won't stop. Come on. Talk to me in here. Look at your neighbor and say, tell them this. Tell them, this is one thing I'm doing. And it's not stopping. All right? I'm not going to stop. All right? I'm going I'm to bug God. I'm going to come after God. I'm going to bug people that have God. Come on, like the woman that came after the judge time and time again, and she got her blessing. The Syrophoenician woman, uh, her, her daughter was demon-possessed, and uh, she wasn't supposed to get that blessing yet because she was not a Jew. Jesus didn't die and, and was buried and rose again. She had no access, but her faith grabbed a hold of something. She didn't stop. Woman with issue of blood, 12 years, pressed through the crowd, got a blessing. Um, Check it out. The blessing of God and what you're believing for. Don't think that it's just going to get dropped into your lap all the time. You got to use your faith. You got to press. Blind Bartimaeus, church people telling him to shut up, and he got louder. So if church people try to quiet you down, just get louder. <laughs> Religious people trying to act like they're walking with Jesus, telling you to be quiet because you want a miracle, just get louder. He cried out a great deal more. I said he cried out a great deal more. All right, Oceanside knows what I'm doing. I, he said he cried out a great deal more. All right, come on, Oceanside, help me out. All right, so here we go. Uh, if you want to turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, and I'm going to pray over this. I, I, I honestly won't be too long with you here. Uh, we had a lot of good, good moments there in prayer, but I want to share a word with you. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, and let me pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we just pray right now in these next few moments, God, that, uh, Lord, we, just, we thank you for the milk of the word and the bread of the word. But I pray you just give some, some meat today. I pray that we get some meat. We get some good nourishment, some, some spiritual protein, God, that will develop us and strengthen us. Father, I pray that I wouldn't speak from the outer court or the inner court, but I pray I'd speak from the holy of holies and that I wouldn't speak to these people, but I'd speak to the Christ in them. Lord, in that, just as Moses was to speak to the rock and water came out, I pray I speak to the rock inside of them, the Christ inside of them, and, and living water will pour out, that, that I would speak to the Christ in them, and it would be the Christ in me speaking to the Christ in them, and we would have fellowship at your table as, as we get into this word. And I pray right now that as we walk out of here, every last one of us that hear the word, Lord, that we are more like Jesus than when we came in. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. amen. Here we go. Look at your neighbor again. Say, tell him, can't stop, won't stop. Here we go. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9. Uh, Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations. Somebody say, God is faithful. God is faithful. All right. Uh, to a thousand generations. You know, uh, with those who love him and keep his current commandments. Deuteronomy 7, verse 9. And with respect to can't stop, won't stop, I just want to share with you something about God that he will not stop doing. And he cannot stop doing. And this is it right here. If you're taking notes, this is my first point. It's God will never stop being God in your life. God will never stop being God. Well, Pastor Sean, I messed up. Well, so did I. I bet you everybody in here, one way or another, messed up over the last 24 hours. And if you're a man and you're married, you're lying if you say you didn't. I'm just, look, your wife's just looking down. She ain't making eye contact with you because she knows. 
But I'm here to tell you right now, regardless of yourself and your humanity and your brokenness, God is still God. Your humanity doesn't change who he is. Your, your sin doesn't change who he is. Your lack of b- belief in who he is doesn't change who he is. It doesn't matter um, who comes, who goes, comes hell or high water. Therefore, know this, that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations. He keeps it going. He does not change. Culture is going to get weirder. Politics is going to get stranger. Somebody say amen. Amen. And the shifting changes of society have never changed who our God is throughout the ages. He, He toppled the Roman Empire. He brought down kings. He removes them. He's in control. He rises them up and he gets them out of town. He removes them. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about God. Your faith is not in a man, it's not in an institution, it's not in an organization, it is not in a church, it is not in a pastor, I'm talking about God. Bible says that he does whatever he pleases, twice in scripture, he does whatever he pleases. I wish I could talk like that, but I can't, I'll get in trouble. But God does whatever he pleases. Come on now, I'm talking about God. Sometimes even you in here called to ministry, walking with God, I need, you to, I need you to understand, you need to keep God big and keep the devil small, because that's how it is. Because the only authority the devil can even have access to your life, God is still in control. God is not fighting the devil, he's got the devil on a leash. I, I believe in a big God. Come on now. He threw the stars in the sky. Where were you when he did that? Come on now. He brought you here, saved you. Some of you came from some nasty, broken mess. Look at you in church. Somebody say, God is still God. God. Some of you have some craziness from your past, and and now you're just saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. You smile all the time and everything. Look at some of you are carrying knives, toting guns, selling drugs. Come on now. Few people, few people in here. Got a questionable crowd in the back over here. But come on now. I'm here to tell you right now, can't stop, won't stop. I'm talking about God can't stop. And God won't stop being God. I just want to encourage you pastors, kids in here, you got the roughest life of anyone. You know, you got people coming out of the hood. You know what I've been through. People in church, they come out and still love God throughout their teenage years. Young adults, they're adults, they still love God, still worship God. You need to be like, you don't know what I've been through. Raise your hand if you've ever been around some shady church people. <laughs> Come on now. I still love Jesus. Come on now. As leaders, sometimes we're like, man, why all the weird ones come to church? Because they need Jesus. <laughs> God will never stop being God. Can't stop. Won't stop. It goes, he's a, he is not a man that he should lie. We're the liars, not him. He, yeah, he can't lie. He does not have the capacity. It's not in his DNA. He is God. Here's another one, Malachi 3.6. For I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I do not change. If anyone's doing the changing, it's you and me. Actually, no, we need to be doing the changing. And you've been saved 30 plus years, so you still need to do some changing. Come on, somebody say amen. We do the changing. He is the one changing. Not him changing. He's changing us. I'm here to talk about God right now. 
I'm here to talk about the risen Savior, rose again the third day. Come on now, sent the Holy Spirit. Um, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. For I am the Lord, I do not change. I'm so thankful, man. I mean, I, I change. I, I done changed. I'm doing some changing right now. Come on, God, get, yeah, like my wife, God nudged on her girls. He was like, girl, why are you eating that cheese? We're doing a Daniel fast. <laughs> and then she, she heard from God. She became obedient a few days in. <laughs> and then I'm up in the kitchen, and I grab some kettle corn. Somebody say, shame, shame. shame. Put it on the counter. I was like, I'm going to get away with this because it's whole grain. <laughs> my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what are you doing? Daniel fast police she's like you can't eat that I was like put it back in the pantry got me some nuts without salt for I am the Lord I do not change therefore you are not consumed O sons of Jacob Bible says he's the same yesterday today and forever he was good back then he's good right now he's gonna get good he's always good he's gonna be good he, his mercies are new every morning every morning he didn't wake up this morning and go, oh, snap, i got to give mercy. I forgot. God, the Bible says that God does not change. Churches change. Names change. People change. God don't change. Here's another one. Here's another one for you note takers out there. Psalm 89, verse 34. Can't stop, won't stop. Look at your name and say, can't stop, won't stop. Look at him and tell him, my God cannot stop, and my God will not stop being who he is in my life. I'm here to tell you, when I got saved, everything hasn't been cute since I got saved. It's been ugly. It's been messy. That's my wife. I've been married 12 years. It gets messy still. I had to repent to her the other day. Just getting a little rambunctious, getting a little frustrated. I had to say, I'm sorry, baby, for talking like that. As, as, as good as your marriage is, my, I love my marriage. I, I mean, I'm, I'm happily married. I'm for real. It, it isn't perfect, you know what I'm saying? I mean, she's working on some stuff, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but, uh, but God does not change. Don't, don't put the pressure that you're supposed to lean on God. The Bible says that we lean on the everlasting arms. They're going to be there. It's that old song, you know, leaning on the everlasting arms. I'm leaning. Come on now. Come on. You, you put too much pressure on people. They can't hold your mess. They can't, they can't carry that. You got to put that on God. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Here it is, Psalm 89, verse 34. My covenant I will not break, nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. God does not change. He was not going to break his covenant. And the word altar in the Hebrew actually means to say it again. God's like, I'm not going to, it's not that I'm not just not going to change it. I'm, not going to, I'm going to tell you once. Took Pastor Jay three days. But, but God said here. That, <laughs> so I want to tell you once. Rolled up on the disciples. Follow me. Said it once. God said, I'm not going to break my covenant. And, and, and when, 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 when spiritual leaders fall, it doesn't change God. So it shouldn't change your faith. Amen. 
Where's your faith? Your faith was in that superhero preacher that wrote those books? That is stupid. Because hang out with them for a minute. As anointed and great as they are, you're going to be like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, they're definitely going to pray for that brother. You get to know somebody enough. I don't care how much of a man of God, a preacher they are. You can call them a general, a spiritual giant. They're no spiritual giants. Jesus is a spiritual giant. Come on now. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God does not cast a shadow because there's nothing behind him and there's nothing in front of him. Come on, the old preachers would say, you know, he's too high, you can't get over him. He's too low, you can't go under him. He's too wide, you can't go around him. You got to come in at the door. Come on now. I am in God. God is in me. Come on now. God's big. I'm here to encourage you today. When we serve a God like, like this, our proper response is worship. What Everything I just said to you, every scripture I just read, what is the response of humanity to that? Worship. 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 Worship, 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 worship. I'm here to tell you right now, God made a worshiper out of me. I was a knuckle-headed skateboarder, did not grow up in church, come from some pretty painful things from my childhood, and God made a worshiper out of this little man up here. Worship. Here's my second point. Worship ought to be the central theme of our lives. Worship, not serving, not preaching. You can take preaching from me. One thing you're not going to take from me is worship. I don't care if I'm out of tune. I don't care if I don't sound good to you. I don't care if I, if I miss this and miss a beat and you count on the one and three. I count on the two and four. don't matter because it's worship. We, we, are, we were created to worship. Hey, we got heroes. We got superheroes. We got Hollywood stars we follow. We got this person we follow. I mean, we were created to worship somebody somewhere. And, and when, you, when, you, when you encounter Jesus and, and, and the love of God, well, I'm not a pastor. I'm a worshiper. This just happens to be the way that I worship. Worship ought to be the central theme of our lives. Here is Psalms 95, verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. I mean, come on now. I tell you what, you know what? Churches get weird when they don't worship. Christians get weird when they don't worship. You're looking at people too much. You're looking at the environment too much. We're going to do our best to create an environment that reaches people. But I'm here to tell you right now, I'm more interested in getting God here than getting you here. I want you here. All right, so we got a nice carpet, we got some coffee and coffee, we got tacos after, okay, I want you here. But, but, but we primarily, primero, at the top of the list, we are worshipers. And so as a pastor, a spiritual leader, we are, you know what a theologian would say, we are, you know the word worship is, 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 is doxa, it means weight or glory. We are doxological beings we were created to worship. And you might be getting your education. That, 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 that's worship. 
in, in your life. You, you, you may be uh, called to do uh, something in the marketplace, start a business. You're coming, you're going, you're, your leisure time, it's audit. I mean, worship. It is to bring Him glory. Whatever we do, let it be done unto the glory of God. Right? Not unto man. That's not worship. Uh, humans get weird when we start looking at each other too much because we have issues. You look a little too much and focus a little too much on one another. You focus on the, on the, on the issues and the, and the weaknesses of one another and your leaders or your spouse or your boss. Or, I mean, you're going to find yourself frustrated because you're going to find stuff. You're eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you need to eat from the tree of life. Come on now. All right. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel down before the Lord, our maker. When worship is our focus, it frees us. Here we go. If you're taking notes, I want to teach you something here for a moment. When, it, when, our worship, when worship, worship, it's the one thing you can't stop doing. When worship is our focus, it frees us of unhealthy expectations we place on others. And it lifts, uh, and it lifts unhealthy pressure we place on ourselves. Worship isn't about you. Music is about you. Worship isn't. Some people come out of the service and say, worship was awesome. Oh, so it was for you. Oh, the worship was great. Oh, yeah, the, the worship really, I, I, I really enjoyed the worship. Oh, you did. So who were we worshiping? Now, I understand that worship ministers in the presence of God ministers. But worship isn't for you. Music and lights and smoke machines are for you. <laughs> Worship, and I, I, I love you and you're amazing, but it ain't for you. Come on now. We got we to gotta get our theology right. Worship is the primary theme of Scripture. Christ is the primary person. Worship is the theme. First commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. Worship. Every nine one after that is, 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 is secondary to worship. All the other nine point to worship. Come on, somebody. So law, Pastor Jay always talks about the law of first things. Law of first things, the law of first mention. First commandment, have no other gods before me. I remember I did a skateboard graphic when I was skating for real skateboards and we did this theme where we were like giants, like, 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 you know, like Godzilla or like, you know, King Kong. We're like, in, they're like standing on the top of a building. They're like, ah, right. And the plane's flying. Well, uh, and, you know, I had a friend of mine on the team, Keith Huffnagel. He's like from New York. So he was in one of the Brooklyn bridges and he's a big old giant on the bottom. And it kind of had a real looking picture of his face. And then I said, oh, I want to be a giant. I want to be reaching into a satanic concert, like crushing a pentagram. <laughs> And then I had this flag that went through the stage, big old flag, Exodus 20, verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. <laughs> I don't know if those boards sold too well, but I liked it. I liked the crowd. <laughs> you can't afford not to worship. Amen. We as a church, we're going to worship. I think that needs to be a question in, in counseling. Have you worshiped? Okay, try that. Seven days. Oh, I'll meet you back here. They come back just, just flustered and frustrated and still, oh, nasty. You did not worship. No, you didn't. You turned on your little hill song. You didn't worship. 
<laughs> you just listened to it. You and you did not worship. Worship will change your life. Worship brings God into your world. Worship. Love on God. He shows up. He responds. He inhabits the praises of his people. Worship. When you have a revelation of who God is, worship is the response. There ain't no other one. There ain't no other one. Come on, don't let the devil steal your praise. Come on, don't, don't let life steal your praise. Don't let pressure steal your praise. Don't let your issues steal your praise. You don't, you don't have an addiction problem. You have a worship problem. You, you don't have a marriage problem. You have a worship problem. You, you, come on, you gotta, come on I, got, I don't have problems. I got worship problems. It all comes down to worship. Who will you worship? Devil tempting Jesus. Hey, I'll give you all this if you worship me. Jesus like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, no, no. Exodus 20 verse 3. Him only shall I worship. Don't mess with my worship. I ain't trying to fit in with, with people. I ain't trying to get in on the end crowd. I'm trying to worship. If I worship, man, people are going to want to hang out with me. Hopefully. Certain type of people. I ain't trying to, I, look, you, you don't need to try so hard to fit in, to be down with so-and-so. You need to worship. Have that worship in your house. I have, I have three children. I got a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a five-month-old. We need worship in my house. <laughs> Playing games. I mean, we just play little checkerboard games. Nico breaking, ripping the board. Praying for his deliverance. Come out of him. In the name of Jesus. Come on, anybody got kids? You need worship in the house. <laughs> yes, Jesus, I'm going to invite you in this place. Come on now, you need worship in the car? I mean, worship doesn't need to take forever. On your way to work, worship. Frustrated at your job, worship. Come on, can't quite figure out what God's doing, worship. Don't not quite know what the next step is, worship. Figure it now, God, what are you fitting to do in 2020? So glad I'm out of 2019, but what are you, I don't know what's going on. I can't quite see the light of day. I don't, you know, I'm just, you, know you just might be walking through, kind of groping about and dark. You need to worship. Amen. So it's a remedy. It's my prescription. I'm slanging worship this morning. I'm a, I'm dis, I'm a distributor. I'll hook you up. I got the Holy Ghost. You want some? I was out on the street, these dudes, little riffraff in Oceanside, as a matter of fact. I remember street evangelizing. And the dude's like, hey, I was like, he was out there just, I think he wanted to buy something. I was like, I got the Holy Ghost. He's like, what? <laughs> he really, he thought I had something in my pocket. I'm like, here, right here, brother. Don't make me lay hands on you. Weighs heavy when it lands on you. You shall have no other gods before me. Exodus 20, verse 3. Let, look, at if we get worship right, everything else is going to be all right. I mean, you need to get worship right. You need to single ladies. I know you're believing God for that fine-looking man in your life, but get worship right. Get your worship right, woman of God. Men of God, get your worship right. Worship right. Doxology. Right worship. All right, here we go. I'm almost done. The first commandment establishes the whole purpose of the nine following. Worship. Okay, I am not even down to my last point here. I'm almost done. You guys all right? 
Here it is. When Uzzah touched the ark, it wasn't a bit out of his house for a minute. Then this dude touched it. He wasn't supposed to touch it because the priests were the ones that were supposed to touch it. They didn't even really touch it. They, they carried it on poles. And so I'm going to read this scripture in, in Chronicles chapter 15. Sorry, 1 Chronicles chapter 15, verse 13. It's going to bring us to our next, talking about worship. Presence of God. It's all about worship. When they brought the Ark of the Covenant, which represented the presence of God, into Jerusalem, David was dancing, singing, praising God. Michael's wife was like, dang, you're going to act like that? And he's like, look, I'm going to be even more indignified. So I, sometimes I feel it. Look at worship does not fit into culture. Music does. Worship doesn't. It's not always relevant to humanity until they're touched in their spirit and their heart. Worship isn't to impress humanity. Worship is for God. It is his. Nobody else gets it. And it ain't for nobody else. Come on now. And so worship in culture could seem archaic. It could seem weird. Michael was like, how are you out here acting all, you're a king. You're, you're not acting how you're supposed to act. You're, you're not acting like a mature king should. And worship is foolish to the world. It is never going to be cool. It ain't supposed to be. But when you encounter Jesus, it's better than cool. It's freedom. Come on now. I worship. We ain't trying to fit our worship into culture. We're trying to bring culture into worship. Get them in the way. I mean, if we could just get people to worship, if we could get Boyle Heights to worship, it changed the world. For because you did not do it the first time, 1 Chronicles 15, 13, he's talking about Uzzah. Touched the ark. The Lord our God broke out against us, which basically means they killed, he killed a man for touching something he shouldn't, stepping outside of boundaries. Because we did not consult him. Somebody say worship. We did not consult him about the proper order. Proper orders, worship's always first. Worship is primary. Let's go there and then see what happens. Come on now. Let, let's worship first. How about that? How about you? I, I got this problem. I got these issues. I need you to pray for me. Okay, let's worship first. How about you go worship? I go worship. And we'll see what God says. Come on now. Order is God's method, God's arrangement. The word submission in the New Testament, it means to come underneath God's arrangement. And God's arrangement and God's order throughout history from the Torah, Hebrew culture, into Christ's coming to save us. It has always been worship. When Jesus established worship to the devil in the wilderness, the devil left. Some of y'all dealing with devils a little too much. You need to worship. You got you, you see it way too many. I know they're out there, but if you worship, they got to go. Come on now. Come on. Anybody, any worshipers out there today? I got any worshipers? When divine order shows up, you find what spirit you are of. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, I was a knucklehead. I still am sometimes. But I didn't really find out. That was my mom, so none of y'all. That's messed up. Mom was. Y'all stop laughing. That's not even. Where was I? Thanks, Mom. 
disrupting the service. But I didn't find out what kind of spirit I was of until I got into the house of God and got under authority. I'm talking healthy authority. I'm just saying, you get under God's order, and, and I'm, I'm just saying, you come from some stuff, you're going to manifest along the way. And God is with you. He's going to help you look at Peter. He's in the presence of the Messiah, cussing, telling him not to do certain things. Anybody relate to Peter? I mean, Pastor Jay was so gracious, man, when he talked. I mean, we've been serving under him for 12 years. But he didn't say it up here, but this man's been patient with me. <laughs> there was a few times, and I say that so generous about myself, but there was a, I mean, this man of God right here was patient with me. But you get under divine order, and you're going to find out what spirit you're of. And it's not a condemning thing. It's not a thing to push you from God. It is, I'm here to tell you right now, that the path of freedom is not easy all the time. That you have to deal with some stuff. He confronted them and says, look, guys, you messed up. He, he gave them grace, you know, and, and they brought the ark back and all that good stuff happened. But, but he's like, look, you did not consult me for the due order. You get under order, divine order, and, and, and you're going to find out what's really going on. This is my last point. Here we go. God's blessing is on what he has ordered. There is no blessing outside of God's order. Come on now. You must be born again. You can come to church and you got this thing out there and it's all good. You can belong before you believe and I believe that. But if you want to go to heaven and walk with God, you must be born again. I didn't say that. I'm the mailman. Don't hate me. But you got to be born again. That's divine order. When they, when they, before they started the early church, they met in the upper room. They tarried and they waited for the Holy Spirit. Ain't nothing happened in the book of Acts till the Holy Spirit came. Divine order. You got churches popping up all over the place. Ain't no Holy Spirit in them. Oh, I'm in trouble now. Come on now. Divine order. I'm not saying we got to figure it out. Actually, we got a lot of issues. We got a lot of problems. We're just people trying to work this thing out. But I'm just saying, me being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. It makes me better than me. I want to be better than Sean. I want to quit looking at myself. I need the Holy Spirit. Here it is. I'm almost done. Luke chapter 16, verse 12. God's blessing is on what he's ordered. And if you have not been faithful in another man's, who will give you what is your own? Divine order. Ownership in the kingdom of God is by way of inheritance. And I just want to share this. As Pastor Jay, God was speaking to him about this community. And God said, I want you to give. Somebody say give. Somebody say inheritance. Crystal Gale and I do not deserve this community. It's not because I deserve it. It's not because I did everything right. Because you can ask Pastor Jay after service while we're eating tacos. Tell me some of the issues Pastor Sean had. He ain't going to have time enough to tell you. It's not because I did everything right. Because when you position yourself as a son, inheritance is in your future. And God, and, 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 and Pastor Jay was like, okay, okay, God, um, how about you speak to Sean? And then he'd come to me. And then we're like, yo, 
But God's like, uh-uh. This is why. Because God was guarding the transaction. Say, no, this is inheritance. Because in the kingdom, spiritual fathers live and give their life for something that they intend to give away. And if fathers do their job of teaching and discipling a mindset of stewardship, they won't fear giving away the thing they built. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? There is no ownership in the kingdom without laboring in another man's field. Well, I'm serving the Lord. God's my pastor. No, he isn't. He's your Lord and Savior. You need to serve a man and woman. You hear what I'm saying? I'm trying to emphasize man. This isn't chauvinistic. This is, this is kingdom community. We, we want the relational and emotional support of community, but we don't want the authority and accountability that community comes with. I said, Lord, I don't want to say that one. Functions of spiritual authority are this, impart a stewardship mentality and give what they build to spiritual sons. Our sons should not have to strive to make something happen. That's what fathers build to give them. And then they take it further. This is kingdom. And Pastor Jay, the capacity to kind of reason with God a bit and for him to be able to hear from God and God say, no, you're supposed to give it. I didn't do good enough. We as a community didn't do good enough to get, we, this ain't about... God, this is what you call promise. We live by promise. This is something God promised. And there is a weight. There is a responsibility. Lord knows. I want to say, I want God to say to me, well done. Good, faithful servant. Somebody say, Divine order. This ain't about my ministry. This ain't about what I am building. For Pastor to hear the voice of God and to do that is a compliment to him. I was talking to Pastor Christian. We we're saying that. That he could actually hear. And that's what spiritual fathers do. That's what they live to do. The glory of the son is the father, the Bible says. This is inheritance. Hope land. Land is in the name. You know the word inheritance in the Bible is directly connected to land. In the name of our community, it's ever going to be that this is a land that was given to us. It's promise. And he said... Uh, I said, okay, Pastor Jay, when would you like to get back to me? He's like, hey, no, when would you like me to get back to you? He's like, hey, take your time. But next week would be great. <laughs> I told one of our board members in Orange, in Orange County, Greg DeVries, he laughed. I was like, dude, that's not funny. <laughs> but this is the thing. When God does something, apostolic authority, they move at a pace that's not natural. They put it on you. Pastor Jay's like, all right. So let's get it going.
We don't need generals and spiritual giants. I know those are cool terms to use. We, we don't need heroes in the kingdom. We need spiritual fathers. Because it is fathers who build and give. This is a house. I know we use those terms and general and even in the Bible. Father is. You have many teachers, thousands, but not many fathers. Why? Because fathers build for sons. That's why they do it. And you fathers out there, that's, you do, that's what you do. You build something. You know, my dad was a butcher. For his whole life. His name was Guido. Just, what you laughing for? He was, he was first generation American. One of his nicknames. Guess what? Guido the Butcher. Uh, mom, my, my wife's mom was in the kitchen. She's been cooking like all kind of vegan vegetables all week. It's been amazing. Uh, but she was in there cutting potatoes. She's like, these knives are amazing. This is the best knife. She's cutting potatoes. Just mesmerized by the sharpness of the knife she was using. I was like, I got that from Guido. I didn't, I, I was preaching. I didn't deserve that. It was an inheritance I received. And now we are reaping the, bless, the blessings of something my dad did for years. And I got his knives. I got some good knives. Somebody say inheritance. I don't deserve it. It's given. It's a blessing in my house. You know how potatoes can be sometimes? Man, those knives just right through it. It's a blessing. It's a favor of God. We move at a expedited rate because of the blessing I received from Guido the Butcher. God's method of, a, of kingdom legacy is inheritance. All right. You know, the Bible says that it's required stewards to be found faithful. Here we go. Salvation is a gift given to us freely. But God's order is it's an inheritance. The Bible says that we're stewards of the mysteries of God. It is something he gives us. We don't deserve it. We are saved by grace through faith, that not of works. It is the gift of God, lest any of us could, should boast about it. It is an inheritance. But God's order is repentance and faith in Christ. Every head bowed, every eye closed.